We come to this place for magic. We come to pop pull review, to laugh, to cry, to drink. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when we hit the play button and go somewhere we've never been before. Sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Together. Pop Poor Review. We make movie podcasts better. guys and welcome to pop horror view the movie podcast i am matt along with jimmy and kelly Hello. hi and today we are traveling back to 1961 for jimmy what movie yo jimbo did you want to share what you do you remember what the the clue was i think it had to do with our first subtitled film you're correct and there is something else do you not remember Oh, Quentin Tarantino-esque. Yes. Start us off with a summary for Yojimbo. A samurai without a master, drifting without any specific destination. He arrives at a small village dominated by two lords, Sebe, who produces silk, and Ushitora, who produces sake. Both of them explore gambling and uses fugitive gangsters for the protection of their businesses. They are constantly fighting against each other. Sanjuro offers his service of bodyguard for both of them and waits for the best offer but then decides to play them against each other to free the town. Kelly, how did he do? Well, it's Sebi. Sebi. <laughs> you said Sebe. Just again. for some knowledge, um, <laughs> Jimmy, I gave Jimmy the opportunity to to practice. He practiced three times and then still messed up. Yeah, but I, the, the Sandro, I didn't have. I, that was a surprise. Was in for well, yeah, because I asked you, do you want to finish? You said, no, it's all in English. Did I, I got it right. You said it right. Okay, good. Okay, good. So you got one out of three. So congratulations. Um, okay, so Yojimbo, number 146 on the IMDb Top 250, directed by Akira Kurosawa. No, Kurosawa, right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. I see I practiced these before, and then for some reason, I messed them all up. Written, the story was by Kurosawa, and the screenplay was by... Ryuzo Kikushima. The IMDb rating is an 8.1. Rotten Tomato score, critics 95%, audience is 96%. I didn't put a box office because I looked at like three different places. They all said different things, so... I'm not sure because they said they can't find the numbers for domestic, but then you go on somewhere else. They said they have the numbers for domestic. Well, domestic as in Japan or domestic as in America? They said, well, Wikipedia said there's not enough for international, but domestic, it made like a couple million dollars, I think. It says estimated 2.5. Yeah. That was on Wikipedia, but then you go on like Box Office Mojo and the numbers. Go by Wikipedia. Okay, because in the numbers and Box Office Mojo said two different things. So what did you say, Kelly? 2.5 million estimated. But we also don't know if this is adjusted for inflation. Yeah, I'm not. we're not sure. So It made a lot of money because it cost 90.87 million yen, and yen is significantly um, less than the dollar. Less than the dollar. Um, and then the Oscars, it was only nominated for Best Costume Design. Um, was uh, Best International Feature around in 1961? Yeah. yeah it was. So. Oh, I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't Best International Feature, at least nomination. Maybe there's something else. And then the drink this week is the Ronin. It is vodka, ginger beer, seltzer, sake, and lime juice. It is a, what did they call it? I kind of tweaked with a recipe that was called the Japanese mule. If you're drinking it, enjoy it. Um, okay, so Jimmy, before we get into our shotgun facts, can you please give us a little spoiler warning? You are now entering the spoiler zone. 
Now moving into shotgun facts. Number one, this was a deliberate attempt by Kira Sauer to revise the cinema's attitude towards on-screen violence. He wanted to show the damaging effect of violence rather than the way it had been depicted before. He would later regret, regret this move as it spawned a mass movement in international cinema that hasn't abated even today. Kurosawa challenged his assistant directors to come up with an image for the film to let Sanjurno know that he was entering a bad town. He shot down all of their ideas since all of them had been already done before. He himself then came up with the idea of a dog carrying the human hand. And that's when I first was like, I think Kelly was watching. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I was not expecting that. He was just like, oh. And, and then I was like, like, yep. And then I was like, is this a bloody movie? And you're like, not whatsoever. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Uh, number three, Kurosawa asked his sound engineer to come up with a sound effect to be used when a sword is cutting and killing someone. After testing out slicing a sword into beef and pork, he finally found the perfect sample putting two wooden chopsticks inside a raw chicken, then hacking it with a sword. What do I, I don't know why, when I Can see I someone you? sticking, when I see someone sticking two chopsticks into a raw chicken, I just think of Jimmy. I'm not sure why. Can I tell you, when you like said sound effects, the first one, I'm like, it would have been perfect if they were like, ka-chow, like in Cars. Lightning McQueen? Yes. I don't remember a sound when they hit it. That's why I, I, I thought there was no sound. It sounded exactly like when two chopsticks are shoved into a raw chicken and then sliced <laughs> with a sword. I didn't, I don't remember a sound effect. That's why I was, I was like, wait, did they, I, I was confused by that. Cause I was like, I don't remember anything. He was still upset with the, hitting. The, the, the disembodied hand. No, I just thought it was. Yeah, I, I don't thought, remember it either. Yeah, they don't remember. You remember a sound effect? No. Oh, okay. Number four. As it was typical for his work with Kurosawa, the film's composer was only given one week to compose the entire film's score. Wow. Especially considering that they said the score is one of the bo- most like well-known parts of the film yeah so and i'm actually surprised it wasn't nominated the score i'm surprised because just i always hear like this this is one of his greatest ones this great uh, kurosawa's greatest movies i'm like maybe it was like a it it got appreciated later on in life i don't know well i mean when we get to our analysis i can see kind of like issues no yeah but i'm saying like if it's like it's played yeah. up so much it's surprising yeah exactly which maybe. is ironic based on our conversation earlier for our next movie, which I won't say, but in regards to awards and notoriety. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, could that be our tease? There's a lot of awards <laughs> for it? Or no. I'll let Jimmy figure it we'll out. We'll do that later. Okay. <laughs> i do it on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then finally, number five, the film was so successful that Kurosawa's next project, already in pre-production, had to be revised to accommodate Yojimbo's Yo title character. Sa- I think his name was, what was it? San Sanjurno. Right? Sanjuro. Sanjuro. The way you just said it was like like an Italian. Italian. (laughs) Signore. (laughs) Which is funny because that's what the title of his next movie was. So I wonder if that they actually changed the title for it. They changed his name again in the movie, in the sequel. Is it a sequel? It's supposed to be a sequel because it's the same actor playing like the same Ronin, but they changed his name. Okay. So it's not the. So his name. Okay. That's interesting to call it then Sanjuro. Sanjuro. Sanjuro, sorry. It's Sanjuro. But he has a different surname, but it's the same Ronin. He plays the villain now, though, in that one, right? I don't know. I didn't click on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spoilers. I, don't I just know. know. Sorry. Because and his name in here is Kuwabatake Sanjuro, and I don't know what it is in the sequel. Let me oh. see what it is. Yeah, it? just go to the IMDb. Sequel. And then his name in the sequel is just Sanjuro Subaki. Okay. That's very different. <laughs> yeah. So, like, what is 
Sujourno mean? I know I'm saying it wrong, probably, but what does that mean? That you, you, it sounds like you said DiGiorno. <laughs> no, <laughs> what is it? It's San Juro. San it's Juro. literally San the Juro. way that it's like written. You're Juro. just adding in the You're doing. End. You're doing that journo. You both do it. You both Juro. do it. Just like you add, you always say Gerard Leto. San Juro. Yeah. San Juro. Stop adding an N. You and didn't do where it. Where am I doing an N? San Juro. That's, that's what you're saying. Am I saying that? Yeah. <laughs> My Italian. And you actually, you do the hand movement too? Okay. You're like San Juro. This isn't, don't lie. That's why I'm like, you're like saying it like DiGiorno It's right like now. my Italian coming out. Just uh, no N. But what does that mean in English? Like if it's just a surname, it's not like, is that like his actual? That's his, that's his last name. Oh, it's his last name. So okay. like in Asian culture, the last name always goes before the first name. In this movie, Sanjuro is supposed to be his first name. but In, in the one in Yojimbo. In Yojimbo. Okay. But in the second movie, Sanjuro, Sanjuro is his first name. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm confused. Sanjuro is his first name, but in the next one, it's his last name. Okay. So, like, it's so confusing. Okay. <laughs> we're we're going to move on. That was Shotgun Facts. <laughs> um, and we'll be right back. Hopefully not as confused. Hey, what's up? I'm Jess. And I'm Shauna. And we're the hosts of Cheers to Beers, a beer podcast run by two beer professionals. We're certified Cicerones, craft beer judges, and founders of Seattle Beer School. We interview brewers. Basically, it was kind of like drinking sherry. <laughs> yeah, at that point. But like, I don't know, sherry's pretty good, though. <laughs> and after your freaking 20 Orvals in, you're yeah, like, like who, care, who cares at this point? <laughs> Artists who work for breweries. Was it literally like Mirror Pond, Lou Pepe Creek. There's like no middle ground. That's great. Bartenders, management, and everyone in between. We're not German. Well, Wait, what is it? Your last name? My last name is Keller, so I guess I, I have <laughs> some German blood in me. <laughs> but Keller beer, it's your beer. It is my beer. And sometimes it's just us waxing poetic. More like unable to shut up. About everything beer. How far do you think you could throw a pumpkin? Mm. Like, I'm talking like a jack-o'-lantern size. I don't know, 40 feet? Is that 40 feet? <laughs> is that far? Yes. That's okay. <laughs> some sort of monster. Want to learn more about craft beer in all its glory? Or maybe you're new to beer and want a comfortable place to learn more. We got you. Catch us every other Wednesday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Cheers. And we're back talking about Yo Jimbo. I want to talk about directing because I, I was looking up all the stuff about Kurosawa and his influence. You know, no one ever... Is that like a thing? Do people actually correlate him and Tarantino together? Because I read about his style and I see it exactly in Tarantino, but no one in my uh, research I referenced it. I think that... I thought Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino directly Tarant said that he like took direct um, influence from this movie. I have... That's what I'm saying. I was trying to like just look up some stuff or at least like going through like both their Wikipedias because they both have like influences and Tarantino's never really said... Kurosawa was it but then like reading it it says like his film techniques are like there's like an axle cut cut on motion and wipe and I see all those in certain Quentin Tarantino movies also I, a little bit of the campiness in it I mean I see Kurosawa in westerns yeah. in spaghetti westerns and in Quentin Tarantino especially in the Kill Bill movies yeah I saw a lot of Kill Bill and then also a little like Django well they just said well I'm reading on Reddit in Kill Bill Volume 1, Quentin Tarantino created a scene where Kiddo confronts a young Yakuza. In Yojimbo, the main character fights a Yakuza that calls for his mother. 
In both scenes, the main characters say the same thing. Go home to your mother. Because, like, I, I would have thought, like, because I, I, when I, at first I was like, I don't know if I really see Tarantino in his movie, but then, like, reading about the style, like, the way he films it, which is really interesting to read about, I'm like, oh, like, these things, it's like, I feel like Tarantino does a lot of, like, uh, the axle cut, which is, like, you just kind of, like, instead of, um, what's the word? Uh, pan? No, like, you kind of, like, Dolly. instead of, like, dollying in, it just, like, cuts to different, like, um, close-ups. Like, it gets closer and closer. I'm like, oh, Tarantino does that. I feel like I've seen him do the wipe a lot. Which is, I think that was his trademark, Kurosawa's. So I, I just thought it was very interesting. And I was like, wait, I didn't, I haven't, I saw more about the spaghetti westerns when reading about it than Tarantino. So I was curious if that was like a known, like a very popular thing, or you just thought that. No, I mean, I just thought that, but I had always thought that I had read that Tarantino was a big Kurosawa fan. Well, mm-hmm. they said so like between of, Django and Chained and Kill Bill, there's a lot of influences from it. Yeah. But I also like, I just like the way he directed this movie. I thought it was very. Not, it was very like out of the ordinary, which I thought, did you agree or? I think that like for its time, it's a very, the way he directed it is kind of very modernized. Like it's Mm -hmm. clear that we still take influences from it today. I personally am not a huge fan of Westerns, which I Mm -hmm. said. So it's, so it's really hard for me to even like analyze it because I'm just not a big Western type of fan. Jimmy? Um, Westerns aren't my favorite either, but I feel like this is a little different than a western to the fact that you know it's not just guns well i like seven samurai more that's i think that's a big pr- deal but for there me. was guns in this one yeah but it wasn't like all guns now like could, it was and you know going back to the to uh like westworld almost reminds me of this just a little bit too like the, the TV show, not the movie. Isn't the TV? I haven't watched TV show, but isn't the TV show like Samurais though? Is that there's why? Season, Samurai right? like area like a Samurai world? But it's I'm thinking more of like the West the world, Western, oh, okay. the, West, the the Western part. I think for me, it, a lot of it is that when it comes to these old um, Samurai Japanese like Western type movies, the only one that I really like is Seven Samurai. So it's also on this list, I believe. and I think Seven Samurai is far superior to Yojimbo. So I think like for me, I'm just like Seven Samurai is like the is the pinnacle for me. And then mm-hmm. this is just kind of like because I, I had a lot of issues with this film, in all honesty. So did I. But like now I want to before we move into more of that, I, I know we had a like, conversation uh, a couple of days ago. You consider this movie a spaghetti Western, Kelly? Well, yeah, because it directly influenced A Fistful of Dollars. But you don't. Jimmy. No, I don't. Now, why don't you? Because it's, it's not made not by an Italian it's director? It's not an Italian film. That's what a spaghetti Western is. Okay, no, because I, I know we had this conversation. It's a, West, so. it's, a, it's a Western film directed. If a, It's an Italian film that's a Western. So is there a genre for, like, Asian films that are, like, it's more, the, most, Western? I, what I found, Western? it was mostly samurai, just a samurai film. Oh, okay. Because, I mean... Don't they call it Kurosawa films? Like, is that the genre, possibly, like, this type of thing? Um, but, like, Kelly, Kelly said Seven Samurai, which eventually became... The, the Magnificent, Magnificent Seven. Seven. I would consider. I don't know who directed Magnificent Seven, but like, if it's an Italian, then I would say yes. It's but yeah, you but Seven Samurai would be the samurai genre or the Kurosawa genre. Yes. Okay. I just, I thought that was an interesting conversation when we had it. I wanted to bring it up here. John Sturgis. Yeah, no, it's so not a spaghetti western. I oh, okay. A spaghetti western. It's like my dad's favorite movie of Magnificent all time. Se- Magnificent Seven, though. Magnificent. That's my dad's absolute favorite movie of all time. Now, I know. I think me and Kelly. I don't know about you, Jimmy. I haven't heard really what you said, but. Did we did we like it, Kelly? I did not care for it. Jimmy, I enjoyed it. I liked the premise of it, and then I got confused, and then I kind of fell off of it. I think that my biggest thing was like I liked the premise. I think I wrote it down. Like 
but it never really stopped for someone for you to like kind of understand what was happening. They just kept adding more characters. And I was like, wait, I don't know who which rival is which. Well, I think that's also because you're probably not paying attention to the subtitles as clearly as you would. No, they did not make it clear. No, they did make it clear. I was like watching it and I was like, wait, who is this? Yeah. What's that? And I was like, who is this random person? I was like, who is this woman? I'm like, why is this child here? Like, what is happening? The only people I knew (laughs) were the Ronin, the sake maker, and the coffin maker. And the coffin maker. Those are the three people I was like, oh, like I know who they are. Everyone else, and then the the brother of um, the the team, the rivals with the guy with the gun, because he you can't miss him. He was a little scary looking. I think he. I don't know. Was he Ushi Torres or was he Sebi's? I don't. Which know. Which one was the guy with the gun? That I, that's oh, okay. what I'm saying. I don't know who he is because, like, when I think about it, I'm like, I I don't know. I'm confused. And then when the guy with the gun came, I was like, wait. Is this like a new villain? I was like, wait, wh- 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 who is this? And then, and then they figured, and then they were like, oh, he's on this side. I'm like, then the child came in, like you said. Yeah, I was like, and, she's, he's like, Okata, which is mom in Japanese. I was like, what? Yeah, and then like they were like all fighting over the 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 the. the was she the, was she like a prostitute? Is that what she was? I think she was like someone's woman. I don't yeah. think she was a prostitute per okay. se. I wasn't sure like what they were. I just they never fully let you stop to like digest the story and then it was super hard to, to digest it the rest of the way you probably thought differently why jimmy no no i i thought that it was it's harder for me to focus on a subtitled film because if you were to look away for like a second you can miss something big no yeah mm-hmm. so i had to kept like going i went on to wikipedia and being like oh okay this is happening so I'm, that's what i had to do i I'm had kind of to- like reading it about reading about it as i'm watching it do you do that do mostly that. for... Do you do that for other foreign films? I'm just curious. If I'm watching it at home, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I have to. Oh, okay. I mean, if I'm in the theater because, like, you know, that's... You're in a dark room facing something, then no, I don't have that issue. Okay. I usually read the Wikipedia plot for foreign films after I finish them because I'm like... I, I, I was like... It only happens sometimes because sometimes it's obvious what happened, but then sometimes it's like I have no idea what happened. Well, that's what you said. You were like, before we even started, you are like, I want to have the plot out so I am knowing what we're talking well, about. Yeah, exactly. Because this one was really difficult for me to follow. I just did not understand what was happening at all. Um, I'll be fair that my first run through, I did fall asleep. So I rewatched the parts that I missed and I was like, I'm still lost. Now, like, when did you fall off? Cause I had like a part where it was like, right once. when he was like, when he, when he was, um, trying to get a higher price, when he was like, I want 65, whatever coins. And he's like, 10, five, 11. That was pretty 20, far into the movie. Though. 25. That's why I said I only fell asleep for maybe. Oh, like I meant when you got hour. confused though. Oh, when I got confused. Yeah. Oh, like as soon as like I got confused after he went to the gambling den and like fought all those guys and then after that and then i was like wait now i'm confused that's what we were watching because i was like all of a sudden that guy came out of the the place and was like be my bodyguard be my body i'm like he's like what's happening he's like you could do better and i was like what and then but he kept walking away so i'm like i'm like oh he's gonna stay loyal to i think the first person was i think he was with was ushitori the one with the hotel i don't know okay well the one who owned the brothel or whatever Mm -hmm. i thought he was staying like loyal to him even though the wife was like we're gonna fuck this bro over yeah 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 and then I was just like, I'm so confused. And I'm like, I get he's trying to play the, he's a Ronin. He's not yeah. technically a good guy. He's not like, he's playing. And then I was like, oh, I guess he's playing both sides. But then I was so confused at what he was doing. I remember that. So I think the exact one, the guy came out of the hotel and he was like, I can offer you a good price. Be my bodyguard. I went to Kelly. I was like, wait, what? And Kelly's like, 
It's confusing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I sort of get it. And then the guy with the gun came in and I was like, I just lost me again. Yeah. And then it was like the son was supposed to kill him. And then I was like, I'm confused. Yeah. And then they stole this woman. And I was like, who, who is this woman? And it was just like, it got the plot got a little too convoluted for me yeah. to understand what exactly was going on. And then it got like to the point where I'm like, and then that, like, the kid and the mother and the, and the father, I'm like, who's the father? I was like, where did this kid come from? And then he was like, well, I'm good now. I had to free them. And I was like, wait, what? I was just confused. So like, I don't know if like, Jimmy, if you had too much trouble with that part, because like, it just got like, I wasn't reading the Wikipedia plot with it, and I was just like, I'm very confused at what's happening. The the, the screenplay, I think, is where it kind of is its downfall, mm-hmm. and just not you know knowing the language doesn't help. But like, yeah, like like because they can have like new characters come up, and I'm just like, I don't know who that is. Where did they come from? So I was always like on Wikipedia, which then I would try to pause it because then I would miss more stuff. Mm-hmm. I do wish. I mean, I know like. I do wish, I think this movie probably would have been benefited to like a dubbed version. If I would have watched like a dubbed version. Well, I, I think, know, dub- I don't know about that. I think the biggest issue, which could be possible, is how well they translated this movie. Like, that too. They could have been pulling out like chunks and chunks of information and expose that actually we need. Yeah. So I don't know, like, I don't know whether or not dubbed or subtitle would actually made a difference. I personally don't like dub that much. No, I know. I'm just saying like, just to kind of like. Maybe understand the, the people more, like the different, all I think the different it has characters. To do with the translator, however they translated, like, did they leave out stuff? Like, was there, like, because you know we don't know, like they they're saying stuff, but we don't know, and they're condensing it into like one or two sentences because yeah. that's like as much as you could put on the screen. Well, I don't. May, you might be right because remember when I was saying we were watching the opening titles and mm-hmm. like all of a sudden like there was just so much uh, oh, yeah. Japanese like words and I'm like there's no subtitles for these anymore. And I was like, it's just like so much. Yeah, I was like, maybe you're right. Maybe that 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 might be. Maybe it was literally lost in translation possibly we could have been losing chunks of information that we weren't sure of and whoever i don't know how subtitles really worked back then or whatever but it could have just been way too much for them to put on one one frame like i don't even know how they put subtitles on Neither do I. back then in the 1960s jimmy do you have back information then they probably would just layer it over because like that's what i'm trying to think now because it's like we have films so like do you just like you said layer it over because it's like it's not like computers you can type it in or anything like that yeah i don't know that's an interesting question i mean they probably didn't have many foreign films in america and possibly where it would play mm-hmm. would be where those people who spoke the language are so like a japanese film would probably play more on the west coast but now where maybe they didn't put subtitles on like um but was this version like recently resubtitled because it was from the um criterion collection because it could have been i I didn't look on hbo max it was up from the criterion collection so that's why i was curious i didn't look at like what the criterion collection does that usually just kind of um restores it restores it and puts it on um a digital format digital format but i think it also like i can't think of the word saves it in time okay so it doesn't like resubtitle it and all that. Stuff. I don't think so. I thought restored meant that too. I don't because think they do that. Because why you would fuck it up? Too. Yeah, I wouldn't change. It's not like George Lucas being like, "Oh, I'm gonna go in and just change this." Ugh. They're not changing <laughs> things. They're restoring it and keeping it. That's true. In place. It's That's not like true. that. Did that went well for George Lucas either? Yeah. But did you did you like? Because I, I was kind of mixed on this. Like some of the acting I liked, but some of them I didn't, and I couldn't tell. 
like I couldn't tell if it was because I wasn't connecting because I was lost in the story or if I just didn't care for the acting. Did you like the acting, Kelly? I mean, the acting was fine. Uh, with like movies from the like like the forties to the sixties, like with talkies and everything like that. I don't enjoy the overacting, especially when mm-hmm. it comes to buffoon type characters. Yeah. Like there was that character who was supposed to be like you know, he was the stupid right-hand man of the dude with the gun. The brother. Yeah, yeah, and he was just like, you know, he was a caricature, and he was like, blah, 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 blah. like, I personally cannot stand that mm-hmm. at all. In the in these older movies, like, it pisses me off to no end because I'm just like, this is horrible acting. Like, I don't even, like, is this acting? Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, just, yeah. And I just don't care for it. I mean, I thought the main guy, um, I don't remember his first name, but I think his last name is Mifune. Um, who plays the Ronin? I thought he did really well. Yeah, he was good. I but and so I that, also liked um the sake mouse. Yeah, sake I, I thought the sake like there was one time that he overacted, but I was like, oh, he's actually pretty good. But like now, is that I wonder if like the overacting kind of because when I watched it, I was like, oh, like Quentin Tarantino movies sometimes. Can, and I know he took. I mean, I think he took from these movies and like he can do like campy overacting, but that's like a, a choice. I wonder if that was like a Kurosawa like choice to like make it a little funny because i feel like that was i was kind of surprised by the comedic elements that were in it yeah i mean again like the biggest issue is that because the way like with different languages and stuff we miss out whether or not like for example like asian cinema when we hear people like acting or talking and they're doing like korean chinese japanese or whatever like what we could see as someone like overemphasizing something is like no that's not overemphasizing something that's like naturally how they speak and how it works so like for example i had a friend who went abroad and when he came back he was like in korea or something like that and he was just like they are amazed at everything like when you see them going oh blah blah and like clapping their hands and you think that they're just like overdoing it it's like no that's just like a normal mannerism so we don't actually know whether or not it's overacting or 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 you know just natural See, I always think that with foreign films in general, that's why, like, very few I can, like, I, I find amazing because mm-hmm. each culture, their acting is different. So, like, I, that's why, like, sometimes I think the one I can most think recently is Parasite. And mm-hmm. I'm, like, it's, like, I literally was laughing. I was, like, <gasps> when, again, I rarely do that in foreign films, but even if they're good or not, I just, you can't connect on that level because everyone's cultures are so different. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, Parasite was able to do, like, a universal kind of, that's why I think he was a great director for that. Bon Joon Ho is like an amazing director because he was able to let every single culture know exactly what's happening. And sometimes foreign films are probably people who watch American films also feel the same way. Yeah, they're like, why do they act like this? Like, you know, like in Parasite, the rich, the rich guy, like the main guy, yeah. he was just like, you know, sometimes he was overdoing it yeah. in that awkward sex scene on the couch. Oh, like, yeah. It was just like, oh, what the hell? But the thing is, is like, I've watched other foreign films and that's how they do it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, maybe that's like a normal thing. But like, what we think is like, this is like way too much. It's like. That's normal. It's normal. Normal reactions or stuff like that. Do you agree, Jimmy? Yes. Um, even within films in America, there's different. Like, no, yeah. you can't see it. Like, Coda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, Coda. that right there, the way they were acting, is they're very facial overacting, but that is when you're speaking to someone who's who's uh, deaf, they... You have to use... You it. have to. You have to use your face as part of, like, the the way they talk to someone. And, oh, yeah. 
And I, I was just reading. Because but that's you a said, cult. That's like another cult. Like there's yeah, cultures within America. I mean, too. I took ASL for five years, and if you don't use your eyebrows or like your face at all, they have all, no way to. They like, have no way to know what context you're saying. Exactly. In. Like if you watch, I don't. There's always these videos online where like you see like the interpreters at like concerts, and it can be like a like I think it was like a Cardi B concert, and she the girl was doing like WAP. And, like, her expression was so, like, I was, like, it's just so funny, but it's, like, you have to do that for the person to get um, the the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. You, I'm sorry, did you No, say? because you said criterion. I went on to see, like, what exactly the criterion did for mm-hmm. this one. And I don't think they did much, but in, like, their little summary for it, uh, they said it was Sergio Leone remade this film. So A Fistful of Dollars is a remake of Yojimbo. So that, I see, like, that's the spaghetti western version of it that's why you don't say this is a spaghetti yeah. western because that but also because it's yeah. an italian movie that's what your whole thing was yeah that's yeah. what i'm saying so like there is a spaghetti western version of this film no i know but that's why i was saying oh it's like a spaghetti western because they're the same exact film except one is made by made in europe there has there been a recent like spaghetti western in america that's like they tried to like pay homage to i guess Django. i was gonna Jane. say would it be Django. But the thing is, and what like, else did you say? Some people are trying Kill Bill. Oh, Kill Bill. But Kill Bill's not really a spaghetti yeah. western. But would, Django, they were like saying is a spaghetti western, and I, like I just googled it because when I was looking it up, and I was like, but does that count as a spaghetti western if it's not produced? I don't think so. But I think Quentin Tarantino was trying his best to create to make a spaghetti western film. Should in we America. say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, since technically Leonardo DiCaprio's character did go into spaghetti westerns? Yes. Oh, but, true, yeah. But, like, look at, I think the composer was um, Enrico Morricone. For who? who for Django, mm. who was one of the, you know, he did, like, the, I think he did, like, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, like, all those famous spaghetti western composing. Mm-hmm. You, like, I, I forgot how to talk there for a second. So, I think that's what Quentin Tarantino's trying to do with with um with Django, but it wasn't a spaghetti western. No, but I was just I happened to have a thing on my computer. I took a screenshot of it, and it was just like all the different genres from like I think it was the twenties to two thousand twenty one. I think back when we were doing like month topics, oh, I, wanted I, to, I mm-hmm. saw this was it was like westerns were like huge, and then they were like we make one and then like ho- western every ten years, and then like horror was really low, and they went up, and it was like something we were gonna do when we were doing the month stuff, Musicals and I wanted to talk about like, it, and then they were like skyrocket, and they kind of went back to like comedy's the only one that stayed pretty consistent um but like westerns yeah it was just like i just was like shocked at how big west and now was the, now was it big because of spaghetti westerns westerns and then it fizzled out or was it westerns then spaghetti westerns then it fizzled out i don't know like i feel like it all had a lot to do with the actor or actress too because you got john wayne but like john wayne plays the same fucking guy in yeah. every single movie same thing with clint eastwood like all those like spaghetti westerns or westerns or actors who were like really big during those times they played the same character in each movie pretty much i i feel like the westerns went with the studios so like when they would do these big studio pictures there would most likely be a western probably because they were cheap probably what horrors today they're cheap they're quick to make and you people will watch people, them yeah people will go see it's, them. it's entertainment like yeah. it's yeah so it's like horror today it's cheap they can do it quickly and people will go see them a little bit of uh western resurgence came after like the Mandalorian stuff. Mm, I'm not sure if you can consider them westerns. That's though. a space western. No, not like Mandalorian, but like 
I don't know if you're talk if you're talking about like the power of the dog or something like that. I don't consider that a western. I would say the the closest to a resurgence might be like True Grit or or Three Ten to Yuma. I just thought people liked the aspect. There will be blood. I don't consider that a western. I kind of do consider Paradog a western esque movie, not I a don't. typical. That's a drama. That's not remotely a western. I, I know it has Western elements to me. But well, what? because they're cowboys, but it's not remotely like a Western. Like I think they tr- their the last attempt at a big Western was Magnificent Seven, and that did not do well. But I do think, even though it's a space Western, I do think Mandalorian. No, is no, a Western. no. That that's fine as a Western. Yeah. But in general, like when it comes to movies and stuff, I don't think we really had like a Western. I remember I'm trying to think. There's one movie that I was like, it's kind of like a Western. Or in the vein of a Western, and I think Logan was supposed to be is kind that's of like a, a Western. Yeah, it's, I get. I take especially Logan. with the music and everything. Logan, they said it was supposed to be like a Western, but that's like like. Do we consider that a Western? No, I don't. I I consider it the same as Paradog, where I don't think it's a Western, but it has style of Western. I don't think it has style because it just has cowboys. It's yeah. a it's a drama about someone coming to ter- like someone hiding their homosexuality and coming to. Like West, there's no like, there's no gunslinging or anything like that. You know, westerns usually have to do with a protagonist that is a loner, like a lone gunslinger that is like becomes the that is the protagonist throughout the whole thing. I feel like like am I wrong? But I don't think I am. I think it has to. Most westerns are characterized by lone gunslingers or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying. I just I was just looking to see if like there are like other like articles online about like is Paradog a western and like. I feel like um, what I'm seeing is like they took elements of Western and like turned it on its head, which is what I kind of see it as. But I don't know. I guess each his own. This is IMDb, so I must have made a list. But te- best 2010 Western films, The Hateful Eight. Oh, yeah. The Magnificent Hateful. Seven, True Grit, The Revenant, Django, Lone Ranger, Cowboys and Aliens, Deadwood the Movie, The Homesman, and Rango. So not many. Rango, mm. I, I, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight was number one. The Hateful Eight is definitely a That's Western. A Western. I don't necessarily think. I mean, I think of it as like in that. And I think weird I, can, I, would, I would consider the Revenant a Western. Yeah, the Revenant is. I can see it as a Western. Like a, a New Age Western that kind of doesn't follow its normal, like the normal Western footprints. But anyway, but I just have a question though. Do you think do you consider Yojimbo more of a Western or a samurai film or a mix between both? Samurai film. And no, then, I'm gonna say mix between both. And the Westerns kind of just took from it. I think it's a mix between both. Obviously, I, I mean, I got more first and foremost, it is a samurai film, but because obviously the West took elements from it, but like it is technically both. No, I consider it more both too. That's because we were talking a lot about westerns and not a lot about samurai. So I was like, oh, interesting question. Well, the thing is, is that with samurai movies, the biggest issue is with us is because we are in America and we don't really have samurai movies. Like we have the Last Samurai. Like forty seven Ronin, we really don't have any samurai type movies yeah. that we can go off of. I mean, there's I've seen Seven Samurai, which is excellent. It's a four hour movie, but it's excellent. Well, that's another Kurosawa Japanese film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be very long. It's on the list. Maybe we'll hit it soon. Maybe it'll be the <laughs> next movie you're talking about. It's I not hope fun. not. So we're moving on now to let's do MVP LVP. Let's start with our most valuable player, Jimmy. The cinematography, Kelly. A sake master. I would go with, I'll go with Kurosawa as a director because I like the I like like reading more about him. I liked the influence that he put into that that other people take. Um, 
LVP least valuable player, Jimmy. The script that's lost in translation. Kelly. Oh, what he said. I was gonna say I was gonna, say, I was gonna say the lost in translation script. So we're all on board there. Now it's time to rate it. Let me remind everyone that it has an IMDb rating of eight point one. So let's see if we get close or not. I will give it a seven. I'll give it a six and a half. I'm gonna give it a six. 6.5. We are not close to 8.1. No, this was no, the first, no. I have to say, this was the first time doing the IMDb 250 where I was like, I don't know if it's worthy of top 250. I've seen better movies. Mm-hmm. Did you think the same way? Well, that's because, like I said, I was like, I've seen Seven Samurai, which is way better than this. I also think that's in like the top 10. Let's play the game. Let me get you your buzzers. Win, lose. <laughs> Here are the rules. I'm gonna li- I'm gonna give you guys a question with multiple choice answers. When I say go, first person to buzz in gets to say the answer. Person who gets the most points wins. If you're playing at home, good luck. Number one, Yojimbo means what in Japanese? A. Wanderer. B. Bodyguard. Or C. Samurai. Go, Jimmy. Bodyguard. Correct. Number two, what is not produced by either of the rival gangs? A. Rice. B, Silk, or C, Saki? Go. Rice. Correct. Kelly, come on. You got to pick up the pace here. I'm so sorry. Uh, number three, a final question. I Which, wouldn't be able to tell you because I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which movie? Uh, I don't know. Uh, which movie is an which movie is an official remake of Yojimbo? Official? Or- o- official. Official. Of Official. Like, oh my God, it's official. Okay. A, A Fistful of Dollars. B, Django, or C, Last Man Standing? Go. Kelly. Fistful of Dollars. No. What? Last Man Standing. Yes. Damn it. Bruce Bruce Willis remake, which was like, he was like credited as a writer on Fistful of Dollars. It's uncredited because it was, he didn't get the light. He didn't get the rights to it. Oh, because I was just like, didn't he like help on it? Yeah. That's Fuckers. why I was like, that's why I was like, official. So I was yeah, like, I, I think with the Fistful of Dollars, they were like, you're not getting the rights to this. So they're like, okay, we'll just make this sneakily. I swept that. You did sweep it. Congratulations. Wait, let me get a nice round of applause for you. I think that's also a testament to how much I was into this movie. (laughs) I know. But anyway, that is where, what number is this? Number 146. That was Yo Jimbo. Uh, We hope you enjoyed our little breakdown of it. Um, And also, I wonder if you think it should be on the IMDb Top 250. Jimmy, give us a clue for next week. I can just just say our clue that we did before. No, no, I got it. I got it. Sing. There will be singing, there will be death, and masks. Okay. Okay. That's fair. That's a, that's a fair That's a fair one. So, guys, we will see you next time for that movie. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can hear us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we want to hear what you think, so leave us a review. Give us some likes on social media, at Pop Poor Review. Click around www.poppoorreview.com. Become a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash review for exclusive content and drink recipes. And one last thing before you go, make sure to check out the Titan Media Collective and Titan Cast Network. Enjoy the rest of your movie Monday. That was a Titan Cast episode.